Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This is Are These Books Drunk? <laughs> Mariana, the non drinker. I know. <laughs> I'm Brandy. I'm Emma. And I'm Mariana. This is your book club with a twist, and we are your happy hour girlfriends. This month, we're reading My Friend Anna, The Astonishing True Story of a Fake Heiress by Vanity Fair's former photo editor, Rachel Deloche-Williams. Last happy hour, we reminisced about Epic Nights in NYC, confessed (sighs) our perspectives regarding our finances and when relationships came into play, and chatted about our former friendships where we might have blurred those imaginary lines. We are definitely back on track with this book and our combos, ladies. One month off had no effect on us. Seriously. Now, I've been anxiously awaiting esta hora de felicidad. So, Emma, don't pull an Anna on me. What are you all sipping? (laughs) I could never pull an Anna on you. (laughs) Well, I have to preface the name of today's cocktail with a wink, wink, and a knowing glare. Mm. Whatever that means. (laughs) You can picture that. Our bartender has chosen a drink that's sweeter than the person it's referencing. Oh, my. Mm. Our cocktail for today is called The Perfect Lady. Oh, he named a cocktail after me? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yes, she did. Yes, he did. did. Yes, he did, Brandy. (laughs) Stupid joke. Couldn't help it. Okay. (laughs) Ask him why he thinks it's appropriate. I'm mad that it tastes as good as it does. While we're sipping on a perfect lady, what's our perfect pregnant lady drinking today? See, it was actually about me, Brandy. (laughs) Damn it. Well, Ems, we're drinking (laughs) Baby's Bellini, which, yeah, it's a mocktail version of the Bellini to keep with the peach theme that he brought up also to get all the ingredients for this mocktail please visit us at are these books drunk on instagram yes please that's right we are not sharing the actual mocktail recipes um because our bartender is a snob and he will only (laughs) share recipes for drinks with booze so uh thanks for reminding our listeners that sorry you are loved no less than everyone else, but this is the game that our bartender has chosen. <laughs> oh, Ricardo. Speaking of, here to share the recipe for our classic cocktail today is our hardworking, hunky bartender, Ricardo. Ooh, Ricardo. Ricardo. Ciao, ladies. Welcome to the bar. Hola. Hi. How are you? Oh, it's so good. Wonderful. Rainy day, How yeah. are you? Terrible. Yeah. I hate the rain and bad weather. I'm ready it's for okay. the summer. We're, but we're, we're drinking. We don't mind. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, this, we're here with you. Yeah, that's that's a good part. <laughs> <laughs> this this cocktail was meant to be drank in a different environment, a different weather. Unfortunately, it's oh. rainy, but it's a yeah. very fresh and good for the summer, even if it's a up cocktail, so no ice for this cocktail. And uh, the cocktail of today, it's called the Perfect Lady. 
So for the recipe, uh, for this cocktail we're gonna need an ounce and a half of gin, half of an ounce of creme de peche or creme li- or uh, peach liqueur, uh, three quarter of an ounce of lemon juice, half of an ounce of simple syrup, and uh, an egg white or our infamous fee foam. Your favorite brandy. I know, I still need to get some. (laughs) If we, as brandy know, uh, if we are using the egg, we dry shake the egg white first and then we put the other ingredient. Otherwise, with the fee foam, we don't have to do the dry shake. We shake very well and we double strain in a coupe, so no ice. And we garnish the cocktail with the little piece of peach you can choose your your way of cutting it if you want to do like a full wheel or whatever it's oh it's nice it's nice if you are actually putting the peach inside the cocktail after a while and when you finish the cocktail you eat the peach because it's like nice and boozy oh yeah Mm. so this is marinating yeah Mm. exactly so that's (laughs) the perfect lady and uh, this cocktail was created in 1936 in London for Wallace Simpson. The... Oh, the mistress of... Yes. Oh, oh my. So, <laughs> so she's the perfect lady. She, she oh, was that's... definitely not a perfect lady. Well. <laughs> uh, other than, of course, like stealing from the royal family Edward VIII. <laughs> But I didn't know and I read a lot about it because I was interested. Uh, It turns out that she wasn't that perfect. (laughs) Neither one of them were. (laughs) Right. No. And turns out that she was a Nazi sympathizer. Right. And definitely not good. They've been moved to Bahamas from from the royal family as a governor Mm. of the Bahamas. And they were pretty racist. So, yikes. A very appropriate uh, cocktail for someone that is not perfect, like in the book. Like Like seems to be perfect, but. Seems to be perfect. Behind closed doors. Exactly. Uh -uh. She's not. Not quite. Mm. So, enjoy your perfect ladies, guys, and uh, alla volta saluta. Ay, gracias, Ricardo. Thanks for the history lesson. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Love it. Ciao, ladies. Bye. Ciao. All right, chicas. Salud! Salud! Ooh, Mariana, yours looks so good. Mm-hmm. That peach looks really nice in yours. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's such a nice color. Oh, and it matches y'all's shirts. Oh, it does. Look at that. It's a peach kind of rainy day, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm not somebody who likes peaches, like the fruit. It would never occur to me to eat a peach. Really? But in a cocktail, I really like it. I have to admit, absolute peach used to be my favorite. <gasps> I've never spirit. had that. Why it's, are you saying that? Like you're embarrassed? Because like thing? peach flavored vodka. Like <laughs> I feel like I stepped up my alcohol game a little since then. But I, I used to be able to drink that. Real easily. Was it and just wow. on the rocks? No, I think I used to do it with uh, with soda. With soda. Oh yeah. my. But it would go down real easy. I'd feel like shit the next day. Oh sure. <laughs> but I, I used to like the peach flavored vodkas. This is cute Aww. though. Are you ladies uh, mimosa people or Bellini people? 
Bellini. Really? Okay. Bellini. You're a Bellini person mm-hmm. too. All mm-hmm. right. Though I'm, I would never turn away a mimosa. Of course not. <laughs> Except what for about that. a what about a gramosa? What? Come again? You've just blown my mind. You've never grape- had a gramosa? Is it grape juice? That's what you grape call grapefruit juice. juice? Mimosa? Yeah. Oh, can- grapefruit juice. Yeah. I actually prefer oh, those. Yeah. Oh, by far. That sounds amazing. You've oh, never yeah. had a gramosa? <laughs> sounds no, so silly. but it sounds like something I need to have tomorrow. Uh, oh, you yeah. make yourself a <laughs> A gramosa. It I just want to see how many times I can say gramosa. <laughs> it's not the cutest name. We should tell oh, Ricardo. Right. Oh, sorry, to do no, no, one no. a cocktail like a gramosa when when I'm back drinking. Ooh. That needs to happen. That'd be good. A gramosa. Oh, dear a gramosa God. with a twist. We need to do means. a drinking game with gramosa <laughs> so that Emma can get it in as many times as she can. Mariana, will you name your daughter gramosa? <laughs> Oh, poor thing. Oh. Oh, dear. Notice how she's not saying anything. (laughs) We're just starting. The day is is just a spring chicken. All right, then. (laughs) On that note, this week, Anna needs to leave the country in order to reset her ESTA visa and springs the idea of a vacation on Rachel. They settle on Marrakesh, and since Anna wants to make a documentary film while they're there, they rope personal trainer Casey and Rachel's videographer friend Jesse into coming along for an all-expense-paid trip, courtesy of Anna. Hmm. The day of the trip, Anna still hasn't booked flights, and everyone's getting a little antsy. So Rachel offers to help with the booking. But when Anna's card gets declined, Rachel buys everyone's plane tickets with Anna's promise that she'll pay her back. At the airport, Anna claims to have checked her purse when Jesse needs her to pay to check his equipment. So guess who pays? (laughs) Yep, Mm -hmm. Rachel. Once in Morocco, Anna's card continues to get declined, and Rachel keeps on paying with the understanding that she'll be reimbursed. And from the very outset of their trip, hotel management continuously needs to speak with Anna because of issues with her credit card. After the tumultuous events of the first chapter, Rachel catches a flight to France and is finally free of Anna and the drama of the last few days. Or is she? Mm. Almost a month later, Anna (laughs) continues to claim that wires from her bank account have been initiated, though she can provide no confirmation numbers. She sends Rachel money via PayPal here and there, but nothing remotely close to the 50 plus thousand dollars that Rachel has racked up on her corporate Amex card. And Anna is becoming increasingly irritated and increasingly difficult to get in contact with. Y'all, I felt physically ill for like three hours (laughs) after reading this section. I'm sweating after your synopsis. (laughs) Oh my God, I was so stressed out for her. I know. I also, was I the only one? I sort of assumed that they had been friends for a lot longer before deciding to take this trip together. And this week we find out that it seems like it's just been a few months. Yeah. Yeah. I I also thought that, which is why in the last episode I was like, oh, no, but she, like, loved her. Right. Maybe that was a bit of a strong mm. word to throw around. It seems like they should have been friends for a lot longer. 
than they are. Well, I mean, Anna asked, oh, that actually, this is the first thing I think, <laughs> the first thing. This was the first time that I was like, okay, maybe actually I really, really dislike Anna when she asked Jesse on what was supposed to be just Jesse and oh, Rachel's lunch Rachel's date to go to Marrakesh after she had just met him. Mm-hmm. That really pissed me off. I agree. Well, first of all, she just has no boundaries. Crashing that date is one when thing. Clearly, Rachel does not want her to go. That's one thing. But then, yeah, to invite him to come on this trip. But then he says yes. I don't. That also I mean, seemed a little odd. I probably would have said yes. <laughs> you think so? Just because your friend knows her, so in in some ways, your friend vouches for her. Yeah, and also like I'm always game. I mean, this is gonna sound so silly, but like I always love a good experience and like a good story. So I, to mm. me, it's like oh, an all expenses paid trip to Marrakesh. Like, yeah, great. And then if it's awkward, it's awkward. But at least I went to a different country. I get that, but there's a little – in hindsight, I feel like there's a little lack of consideration without asking Rachel first. On oh, like Jesse's On Jesse's part. They, just because it's like really – yeah, Anna's inviting you, but Rachel is kind of the one that's bringing both of those friends together. So I feel like Rachel should have some sort of say of whether or not, well, maybe not this trip. I don't know. It just – I don't know. Well, sort of on that note, I wondered if you ladies felt like Rachel has any responsibility to let Jesse know how she's feeling about Anna, because it does seem like she's increasingly uncomfortable. She hasn't invited any of her other friends to come, even though Anna's been pressing her to invite friends. Um, And I think she says something along the lines of like, my discomfort about Anna was undefined, but it was definitely there. Like she's already having discomfort around her. And so at the point that Anna invites your friend and he says, yes, do you tell him you're feeling uneasy and possibly keep him from coming on the trip of a lifetime? Mm. Or do you just hope it's going to work out and not say anything? I feel like it might be nice for her, though, to have a friend that she likes, even though they haven't seen each other in a long time. But it might be like, okay, well, at least there's going to be someone else there that. That I, whose company I enjoy. And she did quickly drop to him, you know, in the text message before she came to meet him. She was like, my friend is coming. She's a bit crazy. That's true. And he responded like, I like the crazy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well, now you There's only so much she could do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in all of this that you're saying, I don't know that I really thought about this earlier, but where are Anna's, all of Anna's other friends? Like, she just doesn't have any, I guess. She doesn't have any. Because if you can't find anyone to invite on this right. trip and you have friends and you're like, I'm taking you on an all-expense paid trip to Marrakesh, like, why would anyone turn that – why would your friends turn right. that down? So obviously – Well, it could be I, – I do think I'm leaning more towards that she doesn't have any or it's also that she wants – those friends where she could appear a certain way. Like she wants the film right. filmographer to be the, the filmographer? <laughs> videographer. <laughs> the videographer. <laughs> Pregnancy brain. The videographer to be there because, I mean, she wants someone with a camera to be following her every second of the day to yeah, document right. what she's doing. She also wants the trainer because it's the trainer. And then she wants a friend. You know, I, it seems right. like – 
the whole facade of it all is more important than actually bringing along a friend friend. She already has her token friend, which is Rachel, but then she just wants these people, which will kind of like illuminate her a little bit more in front of others than she encounters. There is also a tiny little mention made of the two friends that had sort of introduced Anna to Rachel. Mm -hmm. I can't remember their names. Oh, right. Those two friends from that first chapter. And Rachel makes a point of saying that Anna has already alienated those people. She had alienated them before she left the first time Mm -hmm. because she said something really insensitive to one of them. So it seems like she's somebody who finds a way to kill friendships or as with Rachel, she's harvesting her for all she's worth before she's, I guess, presumably going to dump her. Well, and then there was Neff who was supposed to go and turned right. down. Okay. Did you pick up on this? Was that like a racist comment that she dropped about her? Is that what Rachel was oh, saying? Like these people? Yeah. I thought it was like a service worker comment, like a, these peasants essentially. Right. I thought of that, too. I didn't see it as a racial slur, but maybe it could have been. I saw it as more of a like, she's beneath me. Like, you know how these people are. They're not movers and shakers like I am. I mean, either way, it's bad. But I was oh, like, it's horrible. Absolutely. Like, she is. She's got a slimy. Oh, well, and I wanted to ask you about this moment, too. There's a text exchange between Anna, Rachel, and Neff when Neff is still supposed to be going on the trip. And Anna's trying three three more. She's trying to find three more people to bring along since they'll have the room in the Riyadh. And Anna says, we need three more props that would fit the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is she referring to people? That's what I as thought. props? Yeah. Yep. In my mind, I was like, that could have been a typo, or is that just the way she talks? Mm -hmm. But then when it was revealed that she was hanging out with the pharma bro, I was like, oh, no, you're just a really shitty person. Yeah. Yeah, Did you guys know who that was? I had to Google him. I had to look it up. I had no idea. Me neither. It was a huge deal at the time. And for her to justify it the way that she she did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that's not – I don't know how – I don't know how there are no red flags for Rachel at this point, because that happens before the trip is even planned. I think that that situation. I I mean, she's now talking about what happened in retrospect, but I think all these little seeds that she plants that she's remembering, she I she's think all now. these flags did kind of strike her, but they didn't not to the point of she was like, well, I'm going to stop now. Yeah, I think she right. just continued, but they they eventually did add up until right. she couldn't handle the situation anymore. Right. This whole situation reminded me of I can't remember his name, but the guy that was behind the fire, not Fire Island. Yes, the Fire, fire Festival. Yeah, yeah. Firefly, right? The Fire Festival. Fire Festival. Whatever that thing that yeah, scam 100%. was. Yeah, hundred percent. I was like, these people really operate on a different yeah. psyche. And they're able to get people to trust them. Yes. There is something about, like, socializing with these bigwig people and charming them and putting down a lot of money so that they – I guess really that's the connecting tie that I'm realizing is that if you have a lot of money, you can get people to trust you. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is a weird relationship. But Mm -hmm. the common factor I'm finding with all of these things is that they're like, I have all this money – 
And so then people are more willing to sign up for whatever you are doing or more willing to go along with whatever you want them to go. It's an, I never really thought about that connection before. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. And it's unfortunate because money is power. And we continue mm-hmm. to see that time and time mm-hmm. again. Right. And it does seem to be the thing that Rachel keeps telling herself as she continues to put her credit card down for things is like, well, Anna's going to pay me back. Mm-hmm. There's no way she it never occurs to her that this could be a scam. Why would it? She has seen Anna live this extravagant lifestyle. Of course, Anna's going to be able to pay her back. Right. Yes. And she always feels so grateful and to be lucky in her presence. She's like, well, thank you right. again, Anna, for inviting me. It's always right. like, I need my money, but thank you again. But thanks so much. Well, I'm sure she's afraid oh, to scare her off at yeah. that point, afraid oh, to drive man, a wedge. That really freaked me out. Oh, my God. And that whole email exchange with, what was it, Bettina? Yeah. Uh-huh. With, Do you think Anna is Bettina? Oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, my 100%. Gosh. I think also, do you guys remember there's one point where she finally does forward Rachel um, uh, a federal mm-hmm. reserve number or mm-hmm. something? Some yeah, kind of all of number. that jargon. I was like, no. Nope. But it's from some guy at Chase or something. Mm-hmm. She forwards an email from some guy at Chase Bank. And I was like, even that must be... Anna, because the number ends up not being in a recognizable format to the person at the bank. It just seems like it's it's Anna with different email accounts. Yep. Making stuff up. Yep. That is maddening. And I feel like she times it perfectly. Sorry, Emma, to interrupt right. you. You're about to say something, but she times it out perfectly. She's like, I'll send a text here, give it a few hours. Then yep. all of a sudden, I'll give her the Bettina email, and then I'll give him right. her this, this number. Or she gets in contact first. She'll be mm-hmm. the one first thing in the morning to be uh-huh. like, should be there today. Yeah. Madness. It's so maddening to me. All of that, like... Just feeling like you have no control over oh, I know. over anything, but especially, A, like getting in touch with someone that you really need. Like that's already mm-hmm. like so scary to me. But also when you're dealing with such a huge amount of money and it's yeah. actually really affecting your personal life and your you just life. feel And it's your corporate card. Yes. You're going to lose your card. job. Yeah. You're not just your job, your career, I imagine, Everything. is on the line. Yeah. Even her relationship. I know. And it seems like Nick had a feeling mm-hmm. about what was going on with Rachel. I actually had a question for you guys about that. Oh, you um, did? Yes, I did. Uh, I found myself wondering, after Nick had questions about the whole situation, I found myself wondering whether Neff also had an inkling about Anna and whether that's why mm. she at the last minute kind of bailed out on the trip. Mm. Um, and I I think it's because sometimes people who are on the outside of a situation like that can see with a little bit more clarity than somebody like Rachel, who's right mm-hmm. in the middle of it and who is, is at this point this person's best friend. You know, she's a little bit more blind to things that other people might see very clearly. And unfortunately for Rachel, obviously, she puts the pieces together way too late. But I wondered if either of you have ever had some version of this happen where your significant other or a friend gets their spidey senses tingling mm-hmm. about somebody in your life how did you handle it? Did they turn out to be right? What did you do? Hmm. 
This is a juicy one. I want the goss. I want the hot goss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's happened several times. Yeah. Throughout my um my marriage and my relationship with Andrew with Andrew, where he has mm-hmm. noticed or had a much more clear idea of how one of my friendships or more than one of my friendships was one-sided, mm-hmm. or I was being taken advantage of. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. I was more um invested in the relationship mm-hmm. than the other individual. But what has been really clever about how Andrew has handled pretty much every one of these situations is that he kind of is very neutral and he just yeah. stands back and watches until I start oh, interesting. verbalizing certain things, being like, did you see this? Did he, Did you catch mm-hmm. that? Huh. Am I wrong? Am I crazy about this? And then we start talking about it. And, and then he's he like, since you asked. Yeah, it takes him a while to kind of put his two cents in, but once he does, it then shows me that he has been thinking about this for a long time. Mm. And but what is the pause about? Why does he wait to because bring he, it up? He's very similar to Emma in the sense that he does believe in the good of others and he doesn't want to be the influence as to me losing a relationship that could potentially be something positive for me in the future. Uh-huh. He just wants to make sure that it's not even though he does see it at, from an outsider's perspective, he wants me to kind of take the initiative and see it for myself before he yeah. fully gives in to what he's seen for a while. Right. Um, there was there was one, and I'm not going to be very specific about, specific yeah, about no this friend. Yeah, no need to be super specific. <laughs> there was <laughs> one friend who uh, – I thought I had a very special relationship with. I did see red flags from the get-go, but we were both benefiting from the relationship because because under the circumstances that we were in, it just made sense for us Mm. to be there for one another. Yeah. And she would do things every now and again that would surprise me that would be like, oh, no, I can't, I can't not you know, question her. I Like very similarly right. to the Ra- Rachel and Anna mm-hmm. situation that I would just be like, no, I, I have to give her the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. But then her true colors did come out at a certain yeah. point and then she pretty much ghosted me oh. without. So it was kind of like the reverse of like, I guess she was done or maybe I wasn't. Giving as gi- much. Either giving as much or she wasn't benefiting from our relationship yeah, the way she that. was before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she cut ties. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But Andrew knew from the beginning. He's like, he never said, I told you so, but. From the begin, from the very beginning, he yeah, knew? Yeah. Wow. He then started saying things like, well, remember when? And from didn't you see From specific instances or just mm-hmm. from like observing you two together? From specific, from a little bit of both. Mm. Yeah. He's and observant. Like, yeah. He is. Yeah. He is. He's a quiet observer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he also knows you so well, probably, that he picks up on some very subtle yeah. cues from mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I feel really similarly, um, but Ricardo is less of a quiet observer and more of a <laughs> making himself known observer. I can see that. I can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. In the moment, he he takes everything in, but he is quick to tell me as soon as we leave the scene, like, if something was off. Um, yeah. 
But he also, he has had several spidey senses about friends. And in one specific instance, he, it's interesting because we've talked about this person before and us three on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, um, and he had, he had expressed feelings to me before that he thought that this friend of mine was a little fake. Hmm. And it's so curious to me because now knowing what I know about this person and how our relationship ended, I can see why this friend probably was actually being a little fake because he wasn't really invested in our friendship much anymore. And so he was really pushing to pretend that he was, you know, enjoying our company when Hmm. we found out that maybe he really wasn't. Right. Um, And so we all kind of just like knew that part of him as, you know, sometimes he, he put on a, an air, um, but it was always fun and funny. So anyway, it was interesting because he was right, but he was right. And he didn't know where, like where that was coming from. But then he just sensed the fakeness. Yeah. Yeah. Not knowing like what the reasoning behind the it was, backstory. but he, yeah, but he did. Mm-hmm. And he told me, and I was like, no, 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 there's no way. And, and he oh, was right. Wow. And he was right. Yeah. And, um, oh, man. and unfortunately, he is also, Ricardo is very honest with me when he feels uh, insincerity mm. from, from people. Yeah. Even if it's, like, a really good friend of mine, he has vocalized to me that there's, like, a, a very good friend of mine. And Ricardo has expressed that he doesn't think that he really, like, cares that much about me, actually. And mm. it's interesting because this friend, I often feel that from him. Like, I've I've expressed to him before, like, sometimes you're pretty mean to me. Like, you're not – you don't oh, make no. me feel very loved by you all the time um and ricardo senses that and he so that kind of sucks because now that i know that i'm feeling that and i'm i'm hearing that from my partner mm-hmm. right i'm like okay i guess it's true but i'm not i'm not severing that tie so mm-hmm. now it's like well now that i have this information like what do i do with that what do you do yeah yeah i wonder if it's a cultural thing because i'm I'm very similar to Ricardo in that way that I will tell Andrew, like, mm. this is what I see and this is, like, this is something that you should be mindful of. Mm. While Andrew's the complete opposite and I don't know if it's more of, like, a, you a know, Latin, Italian type of thing that we're a little bit more be. honest about that kind of stuff. It could be. But, and I know you're asking this question, Brandy, specifically about our partners, but Mariana yeah. and I have actually done this for you. <laughs> But because you asked. Well, you know what? Yeah. I mean, and that that was a situation that Jason, I mean, similar to Ricardo, Jason's very quick to let me know when he is feeling an uneasiness about somebody. And it's never a situation where he is like rude to that person or like expects me to stop my relationship with that person or anything. But he definitely will clock it and let me know and let me know exactly in detail what led him to, to a certain conclusion feel that or way. whatever. Mm-hmm. And similar to you, Mariana, like I, well, I guess to both of you, I try to be 
somebody who sees the absolute best in people. Um, and even if my spidey sense has tingled, I tend to discount that mm-hmm. and think I must have seen it wrong, heard it wrong. I'm bringing my own shit into the situation. Like, I just am very quick to silence myself mm. and think nothing of it. Mm. Um I think that gets really tough to do, though, when you have multiple people giving you that feedback. And I think ultimately, too, sometimes relationships like that, at least for me, I get to a point where I realize that I'm not enjoying that relationship anymore or Mm. red flags that I used to be able to swat away. Now that people have brought things to my attention, I can't so easily do that. And so if... If I'm avoiding somebody or if I'm finding I don't want to spend time with them anymore, then I'm immediately just like, okay, this needs to stop. It's getting to that point, though. Yeah, that can trickier. take a long time. Yeah, because I'm so quick to not want to believe that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I wonder, I wonder if also that could be a female thing in that we're raised to... Be polite and be kind and be liked. Mm -hmm. Not burn any bridges. Not burn bridges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And be accommodating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting that like the couple times that I've confronted that friend about my concerns that they weren't maybe very nice to me, I had to be under the influence of something. Really? Yeah. It was like too hard to do it sober. Mm. Or maybe like... When, I, when I'm when i drunk, it's easier for me. Like, I don't have such a filter. And so it's easier for me to just kind of, like, word vomit what I'm actually feeling. Right. Yeah. But that sucks that I don't feel like that's a conversation that I can have <laughs> without any. Is it because you're afraid of what they might say? I just hate confrontation. I don't yeah. like Who doesn't? making any <laughs> any person uncomfortable. And it's really yeah. hard to when it's when it's – not just making them uncomfortable, but uncomfortable about, like, how they're making you feel emotionally. Like, that's just such right. a vulnerable conversation. Yeah. And it's just terrifying. And, yeah, I guess there's also that that fear of, like, what if I'm right? And what if what if they say, yeah, yeah. then what? So yeah. then our relation, we just kind of, our friend, after that, once you've agreed on that, yeah, then your, your friendship, friendship kind over. of, yeah. yeah. So, like, that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. You need a lot of courage to go through that. I also think like when people behave this way, like I'm sure I've behaved this way at some point to somebody. But like I, I you know, it doesn't mean that they're bad people. Like we all go through shit sometimes. Sure. We're all, I'm, you know, I'm sure I've been through periods of my life where I'm super selfish and my friends have hated me for a period of time because I'm just unhappy or something. And I'm I'm putting bad energy out there or something like mm-hmm. I think that's totally normal and i think that at the point that somebody brought that to your attention you'd be like oh my god i didn't even realize that Mm -hmm. i was doing that yeah you know or they're just a dick and you stop being friends i don't know (laughs) (laughs) all things are possible Uh. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true but you have to talk to find out which one it is that's true yeah that's true or you keep suffering in silence (laughs) 
sort of on this note of a friend who's a dick, um, it kept (laughs) striking me how Anna is increasingly, I wonder if you guys picked up on this, Anna is increasingly starting to use Rachel as almost like a personal assistant. She asks her to speak to Neff about that Mm -hmm. text exchange Mm -hmm. that Anna got all in a huff about. And Rachel's like, sure, I'll speak to her for you. And then she asks her to take care of booking the flights because she's so busy. That really stressed me out. When the flights weren't booked the day of? Oh, no, 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 no. And you've got other people, professional people, supposedly, because you're shooting this documentary coming with you. Madness. But she asked Rachel to do it, and Rachel does it. And then you guys... The one that killed me is when Rachel tells her that she's planning to get to the airport early and Anna's like, oh, no problem. Let's go together. Mm. And then she has her move all of her shit <laughs> to, Mercer. Yeah. to a new hotel room. And she's literally sending her instructions like, oh, have the bellhops load my stuff in the car. And Rachel's like, yeah, sure. No problem. Like, yeah. It's also so Does weird that. because in that first chapter when Rachel's helping Casey pack because Casey's sick and needs to leave, Anna says, why is she asking you to do that? You're not her maid. Mm-hmm. And yet here she is. Right. Totally her maid. Doing the same shit. Yeah. 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 But I guess what's the, what's the alternative of that? Like if you say, no, we have to go. I mean, her stuff has to go somewhere. Like what else could you do? I I I could not believe. It seemed like Rachel's mind was made up. She did not want to travel to the airport with Anna. And it seemed like her mind was made I'm up. Not surprised. And then she calls Anna and Anna's like, "Oh, let's just go together." And Rachel just caves. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why she wouldn't have had a better story together for why no, she's going to the airport on her own. Either she's leaving directly from work or, you know, whatever it is. But she just caved to this request once again, and she ends up in this situation where she's literally moving this person from one hotel room to another hours before it's an absurd. international flight. That the were purchased which, that day. Exactly. That no, you no, had no, to purchase. No, 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 no. It's a crazy, crazy scenario. It really is. I have to ask, though, while we're talking about this hotel moving situation, I'm fascinated by the fact that she lives in a hotel. I know. And I've thought about that a lot because sometimes I think it would be so awesome to live in a hotel. And then other times I'm like, that sounds terrible. Would either of you want to live in a hotel? I wouldn't mind trying it out. (laughs) I I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me to do it like for so a, you don't a, a have to make your bed anymore yeah someone else cleans for you like you right. always have like Cooks amazing water pressure and heat yeah like the towel i don't know like there's something about it that i think is like it's kind intriguing of sexy. you don't have a kitchen that that could get exhausting unless you're like yeah like a suite unless you're in some kind of a suite but or something but it doesn't right. sound like it sounds like she's just in a hotel room yeah just in a, a nice room. hotel but right. but also have we ever questioned why she lives out of hotels and doesn't have an apartment like to me probably, that is so because she doesn't have a lease probably she doesn't want to sign anything it mm-hmm. doesn't sound like she's putting any money down for these hotels well, and they even asked her that now she has to pay in advance. Pay ahead which, of time. And she's yeah. curious about that. I'm mm-hmm. so curious about that, like how she's been able to live there without any money actually being charged. Like actually, how is that happening? These hotels are not she's cheap. She's a con artist. No. I can't wait to get to the point where I find out like how, how she's been pulling she went about how she's all doing this. Yeah. 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 So I can learn from her. Well, I have another question for you. 
Oh. It's not about hotels. Let oh. us have it. <laughs> Coming after what we're saying about this fucking terrifying nightmare of the flights not being <laughs> booked until the day oh of, which God. I just cannot. I just can't get over that. Yeah. Rachel says those three important words. Travel is telling. Yeah. I have a very methodical and specific way in which I like to travel. (laughs) That's my Miranda coming out, okay? Yeah. (laughs) And I learned the hard way that my way was not everyone's way. How do you both prefer to handle vacations? Is it a mix of relaxation and sightseeing, a well-planned, thought-out itinerary, or more of a spontaneous, let's-see-when-we-get-there mentality? And just for fun, have either of you also learned the hard way that you travel differently from a partner or a friend once it was too late? Hmm. Oh, gosh. This is a good one, too. Yeah. For me... Travel is very much about being leisurely, but with a plan. Mm -hmm. So like if it's just me on vacation, I'm usually like a hang by the pool, hang by the beach all day kind of person. I want to eat, drink, laugh. And then like maybe we plan two like sightseeing things for the trip. You know what I mean? Something Mm -hmm. like that. But I did travel once with family that I I had never traveled with before. And... It ended up being the most miserable trip for me because, like, while I am extremely leisurely about travel and while I am sort of, like, up for anything, I do like to know ahead of time (laughs) just, like, what the day is going to be. We can plan it at breakfast. I don't care. And I don't even need to, like, it's going to be this, this, and this. If it's going to be a free day, great. It's a free day. Or if we're going to, you know, do some excursion, great. Around what time is that going to happen? Yeah. (laughs) But on this particular trip, the people that we were with were just very, like, everything was sort of up in the air to the point where it was like, well, we might do this later. Oh, okay, like, when later? I don't know. You know, maybe just do your own thing. And then, like, when we decide to do it, like, we'll give you a car or whatever. And I was just like, I can't fucking (laughs) do this. So it ended up just being like, I just ended up having to distance myself and be like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. If you call me and tell me we're doing something and the mood strikes me at the right moment, maybe I will. But otherwise, I'm probably fucking not. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's it. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. Doing what you want on vacation, I think, is like the way you have to. It's key. Right. Right. And I think if you're traveling with people, I think it's fun to like have touch points of like, we'll do this together. We'll do that together. Mm-hmm. And that then this is stuff. my free time. And then like, yeah, you ha- it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think very similar to both of you. I, I, I love how you put it, <laughs> Brandy, because it is like I want the leisure time and I want the relaxed time and I want as per usual, I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but it's a vacation. That's okay. Yeah, it, it is vacation, but I definitely want all the relaxing yeah. that I can, all the R&R, as 100%. much R&R as possible. Yeah. yeah. But I do like an itinerary. I do like to know like when things are going to happen. And I also like to plan in advance because I don't want – FOMO is also a thing because I don't want to go to a place and be like, shit, I never saw that. Yeah. Right. I don't know when, when I'm going right. to be there again mm-hmm. and I never did that. Mm-hmm. 
But I try to kind of balance it off. So like, yes, Brandy, like having those restful days, but also having like those those couple of things that you definitely want to see. But right. I definitely need a plan. So when reading right. the section about how she traveled and Ugh. like how she didn't know what was happening next, I would have had a Drove hissy me fit. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like a total hissy fit. Especially when it's like somebody else is deciding what for that, you what yeah. those things are. Yeah. Whenever on their whim, like. Yeah. No, no. no. Though I do think that I've major panic attack. I've been very lucky with um, whenever I've traveled with friends that I kind of enjoy also the other side of things of letting them kind of plan it out. If they're telling me the itinerary, but they're the ones kind of planning the whole thing, it's kind of enjoyable not having to have that additional stress of being the one having to plan it all. The one in charge. Yeah. As long as their vision is the same as yours. Right. Right. Yeah. I do have um, a little story. Uh-oh. <laughs> Andrew and I have a very different way of about how we get to the airport and how much time we give ourselves. Oh, oh. yes. This is when the getting to the miss. Yeah. Start so, of yes. Are you the too early person or are you the like too late person? I'm like the right on time person. If you're the right on time person, then you're the late person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one because I hate being at the airport and just leisurely walking around or just waiting for the flight to be called. (laughs) I'm like the type that wants to get there. I I like time it out where I have time to pee, (laughs) time to grab whatever I want to grab to get on the plane and and have like those 20 minutes sitting down and then I board. Oh my God. Andrew, on the other hand, is the type that like likes to leave like three hours in advance. So he's sitting there waiting for like an hour and a half. I'm like, no. (laughs) But I learned, definitely learned my lesson. There was one point that Andrew was on a work trip. I was going to fly the next day to meet up with him. And actually we were celebrating our anniversary. So this was like a few years back. My flight was at the crack of dawn and it was just to Charlotte. So it's not like, you know, it was going to be a long flight or anything. So I set my alarm specifically to have like my hour to get ready. I would have plenty of time to get to the airport. If it was him, he would have probably set his alarm clock for two hours before like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is I organized everything that I had, like my suitcase next to my bed. I had my clothes laid out. I decided to put my engagement ring and my wedding ring on top of my clothes. No, just no. So I had, just no, so I no. had everything laid out. No, no. I don't what? know what ended up happening oh, that God. I, when I lifted up my, no. one of my articles of clothing, I had forgotten <gasps> that the night before I had put my rings oh, in no. that area. No. So when I went to put on my rings, I couldn't find them anywhere. And I started freaking out. I'm like, somebody came into my apartment. Somebody stole my <laughs> wedding ring. Like, I made up every story in the book oh thinking that, like, God. I had lost my wedding ring and my engagement ring. No. I finally found my engagement ring but never found my my wedding band. And because I went through all of that, I got to the airport. The flight had already left. No. Oh and God. this was Andrew's work trip. And I was, like, going to, you know, catch up to him. So, like, there was a lot of planning that had gone into play because he was going to be picking me up in between meetings. And so if I would have woken up an hour and a ahead of time, like Mm -hmm. Andrew usually does, 
all of that would have happened and I still would have made the Wait, flight. but you did eventually find your wedding band. Yeah, I was going to say, did you find it before you went to the airport? No, I never found it. So, so I was freaking out the whole... So you were just going to be like, right. Yeah. Okay. So the yeah. whole trip you were freaking out. But and then the you irony found w- it when you got home. I found it when I got home. I think <laughs> okay. it was like underneath the bed or something. <laughs> right. But oh. I I had anxiety throughout the whole trip. Of course. Because I was like, I lost my wedding band. That's and so we were celebrating out. our anniversary, anniversary. So it was just like... <laughs> And that that ride in the cab on the way to the oh. airport was so stressful because I was like, I'm not going to make the flight. I'm not going to make the flight. I got there and I didn't make the flight. Uh, oh, so then did no. you have to come back home and book a new no, flight? No, luckily I was able to book the next flight oh, because okay. it was the one at the crack of dawn. So I got like the 9 a.m. instead of the 6 a.m., something like oh, that. God. And then you were but, at the airport for three hours? And then I waited at the airport That's for three hours. hilarious. <laughs> the punishment was brutal. <laughs> That's a yep. real I told you so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love getting to the airport early. You grab a little drink, you sit down, you hang out, get your magazine. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite time to read a book. Yeah, totally. Cuz I usually to a don't read on the plane. Yeah. It's better for me than like than rushing. It's like doesn't Rachel say something about that how she'd rather take a cab and get there with plenty of time than do Anna's helicopter method where if she's <laughs> running late she'll just book yeah. a helicopter to take her to the airport. I mean seriously, can you imagine? <laughs> I think I oh. do you think it's interesting the three of us have never talked about going on a trip together, but I did want to like I did <laughs> selfishly it was like let me ask them how they are travelers because if we could buy mm. then we need to go on a trip together. Because this was something, this is how I learned the hard way, is I, the first time I ever went to Italy was right after I graduated college, and I went with a college best friend, and I was so excited to go to Italy. You know, I had taken Italian classes in college to, like, prepare. I was so excited. And she was going to be, I think we were there for 10 days or two weeks, I don't remember, but she was going to be going from there to Switzerland for a couple months to teach. And so by her going to Italy, she knew that she was staying actually for a while and she had left her fiance behind. So when we got to Italy, she was just like really sad and missing her fiance and she was Mm. feeling really homesick. Mm. And so she just wanted to like stay in the hotel the whole time. And I was like, there is no way that I flew to Italy to stay in the hotel. So basically for the whole trip, I did everything by myself. I went on tours by myself. It ended up being amazing. I was terrified of it because I had never traveled oh, anywhere never by it. myself, especially somewhere in like another country. Yeah. But that trip I was so grateful for because that's when I realized that I'm actually really good at traveling by myself and I'm yeah. actually very resourceful and I'm very independent. And it was the first taste of of uh, of any of that. And so mm. I actually ended up loving it. But, yeah, I wish that we had had conversations about it because we had a couple, you know, sticky moments. Yeah. Or, you know, like we'd go out for dinner together and then she would want to go back to the hotel. And I was like, I'm staying out. Yeah. And then like one night I didn't come back to the hotel. She freaked out. But I am I feel like I'm always trying to find that balance on vacation because yeah. usually unless I'm at the beach, unless it's like a beach vacation, then I, I want to be at the beach from the crack of dawn till mm-hmm. sunset. Totally. Like, and I don't mm-hmm. want to do anything else. I want to be on the yeah. beach and just relaxing. But yeah. generally, I'm not I'm not traveling to the beach. And so I usually end up building such a strict itinerary 
Um, and I'm just like, go, 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 go. And I love getting there and like asking the locals where they like to go because mm-hmm. I usually find totally. those are the I best love places. That too. Yeah. yeah. That usually I come back from a vacation feeling exhausted. Exhausted. Yeah. Because <laughs> I so really funny. didn't ever rest. Yeah. 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 But yeah. you saw a lot. And yes. you experienced a and lot. And that's more important to me, especially, it depends on where I am. But I love yeah. seeing the culture of where I am. And I'm like, I can't do that if I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Out distinction the you made is a good one, though. Like, there's a beach vacation versus, right. like, a sightseeing, like, going to a place you've always wanted to go to vacation mm-hmm. where you do want to experience the food and see all the museums and the architecture and all that stuff. Yeah. I honestly, while reading this these chapters, I thought about you two and I thought about our husbands. And I was like, we, we should all at some point take I a vacation together because to. I think we would be good travel buddies. I think we would too. I just needed to scope you out first and make sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm just using this <laughs> yeah. to test the waters. <laughs> well, if I were <laughs> – I have a question for both of you. Ooh, we're we'll on just, a like, street. go with that. Let's, Let's do that. Let's do it. So whenever I bring friends together and hosting an event, or let's say I'm planning an outing or a trip, yeah. why not? Perfect. I always feel responsible for catering to everyone's happiness, mm. to their good time, mm. which in return takes a toll on me and doesn't allow me to fully enjoy what I had set out to experience. Rachel shares this with us throughout her traveling escapades during these chapters. Do you all have a similar ideology or are you ladies capable of enjoying yourselves even though you were the planner slash matchmaker during this time? I'm curious what you'll say, Emma. I know. I was like, why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) I'm really similar to you, Mariana, in the sense that when I am hosting something or gathering people that I feel... Um, really concerned about catering to everyone's happiness and make sure that everyone is is set up for success, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> and I love hosting. I love throwing parties. But when it's for other people, I'm actually, like, I'm pretty good. Like, I like being the one refilling food and walking around and making yeah. sure that everyone has a drink. And, like, it doesn't ever, like, affect my ability to have a good time if I'm the one that's that's throwing whatever it is. And sometimes actually I find that I get less social anxiety when I'm the one planning it than when right. I'm actually attending. Sometimes I'm, I get really like nervous when I'm the one at the party and I'm having to like make small chat with everyone. Right. And so sometimes I actually hosting, prefer. You have tasks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I like, yeah. I like distracting myself with that. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. But unfortunately, I don't know if I've ever talked about this with you I feel like I have and maybe if I've talked about this on the podcast already then tell me and I'll shut up but the one of the biggest regrets that I have about my wedding is that I had done so much planning for it and I had I was part of every detail you know with Mm -hmm. the with the wedding planner that I didn't want but then she ended up being a godsend and was like the best thing I'd ever done and thank god for her but um, I had really wanted like a super chill, relaxed situation. And then as more and more people become involved and it becomes a bigger thing, you really have to do more planning and the logistics have to be tighter because there's more people. Yeah. 
And I had a really hard time letting go of the timeline on the day of. Mm -hmm. I was very in my head like, okay, we just did this. So now I know that this is happening next. Or, you know, they're supposed to be. But isn't that the wedding planner's job? Like, isn't that what, are they there? No, she was doing it. I just, in my head, was you're like I just couldn't let it. go of, of yeah. the timeline, oh, and yeah. I was never responsible for the one saying, "Okay, now it's time to do this." Yes, the right. wedding planner did that, but in my mind, I knew every detail because we had worked on it for so long. Mm-hmm. You know that, like, yeah. when the ceremony ended, I was like, "They're supposed to be playing music now. Like, why aren't they playing music? Like mm-hmm. little shit like that." Mm-hmm. That that I wish I could have just let go and just let. It was a beautiful wedding, and it I was, was so yes. – I had a hard time trusting that everything was just, like, going to unravel the way that – I think because I was just too close to it. I had just worked on yeah. it too much for too long. Um, so that was something that kind of, like, bummed me out that I didn't let it go. Mm-hmm. I still had an amazing time, but now when I have friends that are planning weddings, I'm like, yeah. just so you know <laughs> – don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because then even though you did enjoy it, and yes, it was an absolutely beautiful wedding, you weren't fully present because there was that still right. a little part of you that was thinking about what was next. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't 100% there. But do you, did you at any point also feel responsible for bringing all those people together, knowing that there were so many people that didn't know each other, like that you still had to cater to their happiness since you were kind of like – once the I was tie that brought it yeah. To, yeah. Once at the wedding, I actually didn't feel that way, but I did feel a responsibility to like walk around during dinner and make sure that I talked to everyone. Like there were a couple people that I didn't even see or say hi to, and I felt so guilty about it. I emailed them, I think, the day after, and I was like, "I'm so sorry that I didn't oh. say hi to you." Oh. So that I, that was really, I was very aware of making sure that people knew that I was really grateful that they were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I spent a lot of time doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why were you curious about my answer, Brandy? Are you, like, so opposite? You're like, I don't give a book. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> I don't just care. because you've – no, it's because you've talked about – kind of back to the vacation thing before. You've definitely talked, I think, also on the podcast about how you like to plan things and then sometimes other people don't quite – uh, view the vacation the uh, same way as you do. So I was curious what you would answer to Mariana's question uh, in terms of like a party or something and managing other people's expectations when you're the one planning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think for me, I'm usually still able to enjoy myself because I do try to like think through all of the logistics ahead of time. <laughs> Miranda. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then so then on the day, it's like, well, this should all be taken care of. It's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, but I also think, like, for the most part, if people have a drink in their hand, right, and they've got somebody to talk to, right, like, they're fine. You know what I mean? So I try not to get too stressed out about managing every single person's expectation because I think most people do have some form of lingering anxiety about, you know, being at a party and am I going to have enough things to say? Or, you know, what if I'm sitting by myself? Like, I think people oh. have that. And so I think as long as people have a drink, to sip and somebody to speak to 
they're okay. Like, that's all people mm-hmm. want. You know what I mean? Everything mm-hmm. else is just frosting on top. It's like mm-hmm. we need, like, a mission. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the same way that you said, like, you like being the one who's, you know, you like being the host because you like having a task right. that you can do mm-hmm. while you're checking in with people. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same with people. They just want something to do so they don't mm-hmm. feel weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say on your, like, sort of on your wedding comment, I, I don't think I've ever really had to plan anything like high stakes. And I wonder if that would change the stress level Mm -hmm. because like if it's just friends, great. We're all just friends here trying to have a good time. But if it were something for like work or like an event that's celebrating a friend or something like that, I feel like that would probably be a very different situation because then I'm responsible to someone. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not it's not just me. It's like a boss or like my friend whose baby shower it is or wedding shower. Oh, great. It, you know, Are you like, throwing the baby shower? <laughs> I, know her mom, <laughs> I know her mom is doing it. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I think yeah. if it yeah. were a higher stakes situation, my answer might be very different. Something I wanted to ask you two about that I wasn't able to make sense of, and I'm wondering if you were able to, um, there were two little moments that Rachel mentions where Anna kind of dissociates herself from the group. She does it twice at the hotel with Rachel before their flight. When Rachel's helping her move, Rachel mentions that Anna walks right past her without looking at her. And then she does it again when they land in Morocco. She sees the really long line at immigration (laughs) and and Rachel speeds or Anna speeds Mm -hmm. ahead of them and like kind of looks back, but like sort of pretends she doesn't know them a little bit. It seems to me that Rachel's mentioning these moments for a specific reason, and maybe we'll find out what it is later. But did you have any inkling, particularly the one at the hotel, of what that is? Like, why is she doing that? Why is Anna doing that? Yeah, why pretend you don't see Rachel there? She does it twice. And then the the second time she does it, she walks right past Rachel, grabs the room card out of her hand, but never looks at her and just keeps walking. Did you what did you make of that? Is there anything to be made of that? It struck me as so such weird behavior. I initially thought that she didn't want to get caught. That there's something about like certain people that she's going to run into or especially like when she was coming out of um immigration. Like if anything were to happen, she wanted to be as far away from them as possible. Like she planted something on them or something? Not planted something on them, but because she has a different last, like that whole last name situation. Oh, that's So if her passport didn't have the same last name and then she was going to be questioned. And with the hotel situation, I felt like maybe... Like there's a point of me that thinks that she's not necessarily staying there or some people know that she's staying there, but she's not staying there. I don't know. There's a lot of holes that I still. mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, it was just not getting caught. Because yes, it's weird, but actually it didn't, neither of those moves surprised me at all. Those actually felt really, I wasn't, I was like, yeah, that feels fitting of someone who's exhibiting the behavior that she has so far. Um, Right. Yeah, because I think in the hotel, I think that was maybe just the first moment where she was really panicking and just went inside and didn't, like, couldn't even, couldn't 
communicate with anyone else because she was so freaked out about what's going on with her stuff. Hmm. And it's also just like really telling of how selfish she is that she doesn't even care about what anyone else would think of that. She just was freaking out and was like trying to um, fix the situation on her own, which I think similarly to what you're saying in the airport, I think that she, I think that was maybe another moment where she was panicking because she realized that she could get caught or she could get stuck and she didn't want to have to deal with the embarrassment of anyone else Mm -hmm. witnessing that. So like if something was going to happen, she wanted it to happen by herself so that then she could lie about what the actual situation was. What really happened. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So yeah, it's weird, but it's not surprising to me. It's not surprising. The one at the hotel was baffling, though, because she knows Rachel is there. She just doesn't look at her and walks past. And then the really weird moment was when she takes the key card from Rachel without looking at her. And it just seems like it's somehow part of her scam. I don't know if she's trying to avoid cameras or trying to avoid being seen with Rachel in the cameras for some reason. But, I mean, there's so much other footage of them on security cameras together. Not at that hotel, because this was at the new hotel that she's booked under Rachel's name, right? Didn't she book the Mercer Hotel under Under Rachel's Rachel's name? name. Yeah, she did. I forget Uh... why she did that, but she books it under Rachel's name, which is why Rachel, I think Rachel checks in, even though Anna's the one who's paid for it. So Rachel has the key card, and then Anna grabs it in passing, without acknowledging her and then she comes back downstairs and they go to the spa there's just something very weird about why she's doing these things and i keep wondering if there's going to be another layer of trouble that rachel is in beyond just the financial one Mm. for something like Mm -hmm. being arrested Possibly. Yeah, I don't know. Like, because then if Anna has booked this room under her name and used a fake credit card or something under Rachel's name and used a fake credit card, is Rachel now responsible? Yeah, because she's she's allowed it to happen and she's handed her the key card. So is she now like a party to fraud somehow? I don't know. Mm. It's just weird. I definitely, I, I did think of that, especially because she gave all her information, her personal credit card information to Rachel and now sending it on in emails. Yeah. I mean, to Anna, sending oh, it out yeah. in emails. yeah. She has her bank account information So now. she has all that information. Right. That if right. any, Yo, at any point, scary. if she's questioned, it's like, oh, no, that wasn't me. That was her. You know that what I mean? Her. Yeah. So she's a culprit. She's she She got mixed into this without knowing. There's also this really weird, vindictive little moment the first night that they're in Morocco, the weird thing between Jesse and Anna chasing Rachel around, trying to get her into the pool. And then Anna ends up like holding Rachel down or like Rachel overpowers her and says Anna's surprised by how strong Rachel is or whatever. But then Rachel does end up jumping into the pool to be like, fuck you. I just found that whole exchange also really a really strange power play there where it seems like Rachel's finally trying to assert herself and Anna's like having none of it mm-hmm. until she realizes Rachel is like really pissed mm-hmm. and she kind of backs off a little bit. A lot of weird power stuff going on. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready for a final question, ladies? I have a fun one. Ooh. One positive thing that came out of these chapters for me was all of the travel. Mm. It had me daydreaming about all the different places that I want to go to. And I thought I would ask you two to play along. 
<laughs> so I'm calling this Dream International Girls Trip Fill in the Blanks. Yes. The drunk girls are jet setting to blank, where we will eat blank, enjoy some blank, and definitely blank tons of blank. Ah! Fill in the gaps. Oh, God. I love this so much. <laughs> so what do we just like? We each do it like one by one and just fill it in. Yeah. Yeah. Say the sentence and fill it in with your answers, with your dreamy vacation answers. Oh well, it God. seems like we're planning our future trip Yeah, we're right planning now. a trip. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, this is fun. This is scary. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to start, it. but I'm doing okay. this completely like spur of the moment spontaneously. So like this yeah. is terrifying. Okay. Um the drunk girls are jet setting to a cabin where we will Ooh. eat sashimi. Oh, yes. Enjoy some fire places. <laughs> and definitely um Eat tons of delicious, sexy food. <laughs> I'm all about all sexy of that. Sexy food. Okay. Yeah. Sexy food. <laughs> so are we making our own sushi? Sure. Oh, I've never done that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I love that. All right. Get it, Mariana. Okay. Where okay, are we jet okay. setting to? Okay. 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 Uh, the drunk girls are jet setting to... Cayman Brack, which is in the Cayman Islands. It's a little island off of the Cayman Islands. We might run into Anna there. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, boy. We might. Okay. Where we'll eat stone crabs. Sorry, Emma. I said sashimi. Well, that's true. Okay. Stone crabs. um, Enjoy some conch fritters. Oh, okay. And definitely... Some frozen tropical cocktails, whatever that may be, margaritas, uh, island breeze, all of that. All of that. tons and tons of R&R on the white private sandy beaches. Oh, my God. I want that right now. Oh, damn. That's way sexier than my cabin right right now. You really, you did that right. Yes, you did. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Here's where I have us. Here's where I have us going to. The drunk girls are jet setting to Tanzania on safari, where we will eat lots and lots of Zanzibar pizza, enjoy some cuddles with rescued elephants, and definitely day drink tons of banana wine, which is a specialty there, and spiked sparletta. Which I've never heard of, but what apparently Coca Cola makes like it. A whole planned out fucking trip here in this. Listen, I got our trip going. Oh yeah, my we're, god, I'm ready. I'm, I'm packing now. I'll be at the airport five hours yeah. before our flight. <laughs> <laughs> you better for an international flight, Missy. I'll kill you if you miss that. Oh hell no, that would not happen. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. If you been loving our podcast but haven't left us a review yet shame on you yeah what the hell seriously okay just kidding you Uh, can make it up to us by heading on over to apple Podcasts asap and leaving us a review yes yes we're also an open book if you haven't realized that by now and we would love to answer (laughs) one of your probing questions 
Whenever you're dying to ask one of us three, please do so. And yeah. we will feature you during our listener question Come segment. On, ask us yeah, write us, y'all. Next week, we'll be reading to the end of chapter 16. Yes. Ooh. Stay tuned on our Instagram page at Are These Books Drunk to find out next week's cocktail and mocktail pairing so that you can read along and sip along with us. Because it's, it's always, always happy hour here. here. Or in Tanzania or Cayman Islands. Or at a cabin. cabin. (laughs) (laughs) What? Don't laugh at that. I could love a cabin on the lake somewhere. Oh, yeah. Board games, fireplace. Oh, yeah. I'm about it. Episode three is coming at you all from somewhere fun. (laughs) Maybe. Bye, ladies. Bye. Bye.